G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Over the last 30 years or so, I've done a lot of travelling. Hey, it's hard work. The wear and tear on your body is quite a thing. But it's even harder when you're not fit and well. And that's the very journey that Mary had, almost full term in her pregnancy, heading into that very first Christmas. Bernie Diamond, welcome again to the program today as we take another look at this all too familiar Christmas story from a different perspective. And please do stick with me because at the end of today's message, I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet, The Best of 2019. But this is the very last week that it'll be available, so please don't miss out. Now, I know that this is not going to come as any great surprise to you, but I have never been pregnant. Something, by the way, that I've often given thanks for because I'm your typical male. The idea of going through childbirth is something I can't comprehend, which is why I guess God didn't leave it up to men to be mothers. Wise move, God. Wise move. Anyway, back to Christmas. I'm trying to imagine what it was like for Mary, who was pretty much full term, to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem for the census. We don't think too much about it because these days the drive from A to B would take mm, two to three hours, I'm guessing, maybe four if you took it slowly and you had a break for lunch along the way. You'd probably do it in a comfortable air-conditioned car, although even then, let's say a three to four hour car ride wouldn't be particularly the most delightful experience for a woman who was close to full term, would it now? But back then, it was a one to two week journey. Tradition has it, if you believe all the paintings and drawings, that that Mary rode on the back of a donkey. Of course, there's no biblical evidence for that. We're not told how she got from Nazareth to Bethlehem. But for her sake, I'm hoping that she was on the back of a donkey or or riding in the back of a cart somewhere rather than walking the whole way. Because one thing's for certain, she wasn't riding in an air-conditioned car. My point is this. We often look back on the old, old Christmas story as though it's a fable or a pantomime or or I I don't know what. It was so long ago, and we've heard it so many times, that we just have this two-dimensional view of what went on. Yeah, yeah, Mary, Joseph, angels, shepherds, wise men, Bethlehem, manger, yeah, all that jazz. And, And when we look at Christmas that way, it's almost as though we're closing our hearts off to the wonderful, real, gritty, here-and-now things that God's wanting to speak into our lives. Mary and Joseph didn't have an easy run of it. It was time for a census. The Roman emperor had decreed that it was time to do a people stock take, and the way they did it back then, before Mark sensing computer-readable census forms distributed to each household, was that you had to head back to your ancestral home. And for Joseph, that meant Bethlehem. In those days, a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting 
a child. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. See, the Romans were nothing if not efficient administrators. They, in fact, had a huge impact on the distribution of the gospel after Jesus' resurrection and ascension because of the road and port infrastructure that they built and the relatively peaceful, homogenous Roman Empire that dominated the known world at the time. But on this occasion, as far as Mary and Joseph were concerned, they were being a right proper pain in the backside, quite literally for Mary, if she was fortunate enough to have travelled the journey on the back of a donkey. I imagine that if you or I had been either Mary or Joseph, we would have had a few choice words and thoughts about the timing of this rotten, lousy census. Why now? What a pain. How how inconvenient. Mary is almost full term, and she and Joe are travelling with a sea of humanity in all different directions, heading for their ancestral homes. In their case, that was Bethlehem. Isn't that how it feels when circumstances and events beyond us seem to dictate the course of our lives? Pretty frustrating, isn't it? Inconvenient, and sometimes downright dangerous and hurtful. But this census wasn't just some random event. It wasn't a happen-chance thing. As with everything, God was in it. Because centuries before, through the prophet Micah, he had spoken to his people about their Messiah whom he would send, who would be born in, yeah, you guessed it, Bethlehem. Let's take a look. Micah chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephratah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is of old from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel. See, God had a plan. His plan was that Jesus, the bread of life, as he later referred to himself as, would be born in the town of Bethlehem, a word which literally means the house of bread. God's plan was to speak powerfully to his people through the words of Micah's prophecy and through the fulfillment of that prophecy in the birth of Christ in Bethlehem. My point is this. Events are never random. Events that seem to roll over the top of your plans and and your hopes and your dreams even never just happen by chance. Sometimes the most difficult and devastating events are the most powerful moves of God in our lives and through our lives and into the lives of other people around us. Of course, it it never feels like it at the time. And rarely, if ever, does God give us the big picture, if you will, to explain what's going on and what he's up to when he's doing that and letting these things happen to us. But that doesn't change the fact that God's sovereign will is playing out right there and then. Psalm 135 verse 6 says that whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all the deeps. So whatever that looks like in your life right now, remember, your God is up to something good. I mean, really good. Just as he was with Mary and Joseph, even if they didn't have the full picture. I've called this series of messages leading up to Christmas, Old Story, New Twist. I did that for a reason, because I know that this Christmas story, far from being some distant, archaic tale of which pantomimes are born, is a gritty, real story of the journey of the creator of the universe into the lives of men and women, into the lives of you and me. And when we look at that old, old story from his perspective, from the vantage point of heaven's balcony, if you will, when we allow God by his spirit and through his word to guide us on that journey over the dusty trails that Mary and Joseph trod, we discover a God 
who is on that same dusty, difficult journey with you and me today. Peter the Apostle in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 said that we should cast all our anxieties on God because he cares for us. So whatever anxieties and discomforts and fears and disappointments you happen to be carrying around on your rocky road towards this Christmas, this God who is above all your circumstances, this God who is in all your circumstances, this God who sent you his son to lighten your load, wants to take your burdens from you. So how about it? Is it time to hand all that stuff over to him and to get on the journey and head towards Christmas with joy and anticipation and excitement in your heart? Because Jesus came for you. He came to set you free. He came to bring you forgiveness and a future and a certain hope and an eternity with him. That's what he ushered in on that very first Christmas. And that, I reckon is something definitely worth celebrating. Christmas. This truly is a special time of year. A time to celebrate. A time to look back and a time to look forward. And honestly, it has been such a privilege this year to share the good news of Jesus with you and so many others. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called The Best of 2019, and it's based on some of this year's most popular messages. So I'm praying that this small gift from me to you will be a mighty blessing. I'll be praying for you and everybody listening to this program that whatever you have going on in your life right now, your heart will be filled with joy as you celebrate the coming of our Saviour. Now, you can request your free copy of The Best of 2019 right now. Either stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your booklet straight out to you in the post. But this is the very last week that it'll be available, so please don't miss out. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.